Welcome to the Rancho Cordova podcast brought to you by the Rancho Cordova Film Office. On today's show, we speak to Robert Sanger, Executive Director of the Folsom Cordova Community Partnership. The Folsom Cordova Community Partnership is a 501c3 community-based nonprofit whose mission and vision is to build strong families, meet the needs of struggling parents to increase self-sufficiency, promote youth development through positive peer and adult relationships, and develop employment skills for individuals to achieve their career goals. They have two primary focuses. First, to prevent child abuse through parent education and support and free family activities and vital resources. The other assists families in achieving self-sufficiency through job search assistance, providing scholarships for career training, professional skill building education, financial empowerment, refugee, asylee employment supports, youth leadership and career exploration. Robert Sanger joined the FCCP team in 2006. During his tenure, he has provided the leadership and vision for mission fulfillment in an effort to meet the needs of our community. For 25 plus years, Robert has dedicated his career to enhancing supportive services for overburdened families in Sacramento County. He says that one of the greatest pleasures is to see families succeed because they have the tools and opportunity to achieve their full potential. His educational background includes a degree in psychology from California State University, Sacramento, and years of working in the human services field and multiple professional certificates. I really enjoyed speaking to Robert and learning so much what he and his team do. My name is Charles Lego, and now on to today's show. So let's start off by telling our listeners who and what is the Folsom Cordova Community Partnership, which is a mouthful, so we'll just call it FCCP, moving okay. on from here. All right. I so what is FCCP? So FCCP is a nonprofit. We are human services, so our main concentration is a family resource center, and we have a job center here in Ranch Cordova. So our mission is to enhance the education, health, and well-being of our children, youth, and adults in our community. And, uh, you know, we, we do that through um, empowering our families. It really is about providing services that families need. Um, and want, and we want to move families to self-sufficiency so they don't have to come back. Uh, how many clients, roughly, do you serve? Is it a regular number? Does it vary month to month, year to year? Or are you pretty stagnant in the amount of people that you serve? Uh, it, it, it can vary from month to month. But on average, we serve about 5,000 families a year. 5,000? Yeah. That's, wow. Uh, and this is all in Roger Cordova and Folsom? That's our primary focus. Our, our Family Resource Center and our Job Center is in Ranch Cordova. Um, the East Sacramento County is kind of our footprint of services. Okay. But we have funding that will provide uh, some of our services to anyone in Sacramento County. Oh, so okay. So someone in the city of Sacramento could come and you would help them? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So you joined FCCP in 2006, if I'm right. So that's, that's 18 years that's, you've been yeah. there. That's a long time. Yeah. Almost 20 years. So... A couple of questions. So how did that come about? How did you come to join? 
And then I've also read that you've dedicated your career to enhancing supportive services for 25 years. So could you talk a little on that? So first, how did you get into FCCP? And then what is it that, that you've had a career in providing services? I was hired as a program manager for the Birth and Beyond program. Uh, and uh, that was managing a home visitation program for families. Um, that brought me into the organization. I then became a director of programs and uh, eventually the executive director. So I've been in that position for about 14 years now. As the boss. As kind the of boss, thing. boss. Yeah. yeah. And then what is it about you that you've always wanted to help people? So in high school, I knew and had a passion for family violence and the prevention of family violence. Uh, it impacts, unfortunately, so many families here in our country, but also locally here in our community. And uh, I did a ride along in high school for child protective services, and I knew right away I couldn't be a social worker. It was going to be uh, too emotional and, and heart pulling for me, um, and I would have probably been burnt out pretty quickly. Right. So that moved me into the prevention of like prevention side of services. Right. Uh, and from there, um, you know, I, I was in college, um, working my way towards a, a bachelor's degree in psychology. Uh, and uh, just realizing that uh, it, it's a little hard sometimes to get into the nonprofit world if you don't have that degree and you don't have uh, the experience of being and working in a nonprofit. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to become an AmeriCorps member. I did two terms of AmeriCorps service uh, in the Birth and Beyond program, and that allowed me kind of a, 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 a entry point into human services. Uh, and I've just been in human services ever since. Right. Let's assume someone doesn't know AmeriCorps. Just give us a quick description of what AmeriCorps is. So AmeriCorps is national service. So it's kind of like the Peace Corps, right. except for it's here domestically. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of different AmeriCorps programs. I was in national and state services. Uh, and really, it's a commitment of 1,700 hours. And at the end of that, you get uh, an education award that you can use to go to college, to pay for some of the college you're in now, or even to pay off college debt. Right. So let's talk about the clients that you serve. So are these people that have found themselves in unfortunate circumstances and they need help to get themselves back on track? Or are these people that go about their day-to-day -day lives and they just need a little hand, a little temporary help? What, what is the general position of the clients that you help? So we have uh, clients that come in. Uh, maybe they um, are new arrivals to our country mm -hmm. and need some additional assistance just to get started. Right. Uh, we have families uh, that have had a history of violence in their past okay. and are looking to do something different and better for their children. Uh, sometimes we have families that are, you know, they're, they're self-sufficient and they have a tragedy that strikes and it, it puts them kind of knocks them off their feet and they just need a little additional support to get themselves back on their feet. And that tragedy could be they lose their jobs, they lose their home, like that yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to get into detail with everything that FCCP does. And it's, and as I said earlier, it's very impressive, the, the services, and we're going to talk about them in detail. But first, let's get to know Robert Sanger. So let's talk about your early life. Where were you born? Tell us about your parents, your early school days, et cetera. Let's get to know you. Okay. Uh, so I was born and raised in Sacramento. You what? Uh, yeah. Oh, so, okay. South Sacramento. Uh, I uh, 
went to uh, St. Patrick's Elementary School and then Christian Brothers High School. Uh, you know, my my parents were both working parents, uh, you know, just uh, making sure that they can put food on the table. What did they do? So my mother worked at uh, a grocery store. Yeah. Uh, my father worked in um, uh, drafting. So he would design homes at one point, and then he worked for Caterpillar okay. uh, in uh, North Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, so good, actually, honest working people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they were like the, the, the heart of you know, uh, the right. family and, and made sure that their, their children were taken care of. Right. And then my grandmother actually came to live with us pretty early in my life as well. So she had a, a pretty impactful um, influence on me. And how many young Sangers are there? Uh, so I do have a, a brother. He lives down in San Diego, and he works as an accountant down there. Yeah, okay. So uh, were you a good student in high school? Uh, I was an okay student. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I tried my best, uh, and uh, sometimes it, it took me a little longer to – to finish college than I should have. Um, but then, you know, I met my wonderful wife and she got me back on track. track. So high school to college or was there a gap in between? No, high, high school to college, yeah. but college took a little longer it than it should longer. have. And as you say, you went to Sac State and you got a degree in psychology. Yes. Why psychology? Is that something you were interested in or? I, I yeah, I find people interesting and, uh, you know, what makes people tick, you know, why they decide to do the things they do, and uh, it, it helped me kind of understand myself as well. Yeah. So right out. So now you finished college. You've graduated with uh, with your degree in psychology. What was the plan? What what happened next? Uh, so I was working for uh, the Birth and Beyond program, uh, still as a home visitor, um, and it allowed that degree allowed me to get a position at the Child Abuse Prevention Council, and in that position, I was able to train mandated reporters uh, on their responsibility uh, to report child abuse and neglect if they saw it in their workplace and what they did for work. So teachers, uh, a lot of social workers, um, nonprofits, um, even uh, uh, police and fire, uh, you know, there, there's, a res there's an important responsibility to be able to report child abuse if that's su suspected. So uh, it just gives them an opportunity to understand that responsibility more. So on your website, you have core values that you sort of adhere to, and we'll just we'll just read a couple of them, and maybe you could describe each one. Sure. So strong leadership. We want uh, you know our our organization to have strong leadership, but we want to develop leadership within right. our organization. As so well. how many people work with you? So we have about thirty five. You do right have now. a team of 35? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what kind of jobs, what do they do? Uh, so you know, we have, you know, uh, our home visitors that go out and meet meet families in their homes. Uh, we have crisis um, case managers. We have our family resource center aides. Uh, we have career specialists. We have youth mentors. Uh, you know, just a variety of different uh, positions that uh, support our community and uh, help them thrive. And I noticed that you um, you offer adult services and then for youth as well, right? We do. Which is the bigger of the two? Is it more need with the youth or with the adults, or is it the same? Uh, we, I would say our adult services is larger uh, 
mainly because in addition to our employment services, uh, you know, we have uh, adult uh, parent education. So it's really about working with the parents and supporting them and understanding the development of their children and how to be the best parents they can be. And do the clients come to you or do you source them out and you say, hey, you need help and we're here? We always um, get referrals. All yeah. of our services are free. Um, anyone can walk through our door to seek our services. Right. Um, and we have a pretty good partnership with many organizations within the community that will provide us with referrals. Right. We do get a lot of walk uh, families that walk in. through the door. Uh, and it's just because of word of mouth. It is word of mouth? Yeah. Because I was going to say, how do they know about you? Yeah. Like if I'm in trouble, how do I know that you exist? Uh, I would say over 50% of the individuals that come through our doors have heard about us through a family member, a friend, a neighbor that says, you know, the Folsom Cordova Community Partnership, they can provide this for you. You know, I was able to get, you know, support in this area from them. I bet you they can help you too. Okay. So yeah, it's- uh, And who it's is referring? What type of organizations are referring? Is it schools, churches? Like who's referring people to you? We have partnerships with schools, churches, um, uh, government agencies, hospitals, uh, the the schools specifically, be, especially with our youth programs, because yeah. they, they will identify youth that um, could use additional support in a certain area, right. and uh, they, they'll send us over a referral. One of the things I was kind of impressed, you call it safety net services, mm -hmm. um, and then you have a list of things that you provide, and when I saw this list, I thought, whoa. I'll just run down real quick. So uh, low-cost car seats, legal assistance, food lockers would be like the Cordova Community Food Locker. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Uh, general counseling, Medicare eligibility and application, uh, housing referrals, career centers, baby supplies, clothing supplies, youth activities, low-cost internet, free phone service, free cell service. Yeah. How do you get all – how do you do all that? Like – so a lot of it is through uh, partnerships that we yeah. have with that organizations that provide that direct service. Okay. And, a, and an example that I would give is, um, say someone needs a food. Um, we have partnerships with the Cordova Food Locker, but also the other food banks in our area. And we want to make sure that that family is connected to all of the resources that they could seek out if in that one specific area. And then we do have some that we provide directly on site. So rental assistance, uh, the car seats. Car seats are very important. So let's talk about a couple. So yeah. what, what does rental assistance look like? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so someone is struggling to be able to pay their rent. Yeah. They've just received a, a three-day pay or quit notice from oh. their landlord, and they are panicked. Um, so they, um, when, when we have resources available, they would uh, you know, come in, talk to us about their need, um, and then we can actually, uh, you know, pay their landlord for them to get them out of that okay, that's situation. Very good. Yeah, yeah, that's that must be a huge, especially really, during the pandemic. It yeah. was amazing the number of community members that were in such dire need of that. And on your website, you have a success story which I read, and it's a it's a very impressive. And I've heard. A success story similar to that with the food locker. Mm -hmm. You know, people that use the food locker 
and they use it as a transitional thing and then they it helps them get on their feet and then they go on and they thrive and then they come back and they give back um with someone that needs rental assistance though so i come to you like how long are you going to do that for uh, is it just to get you past that or can you pay the rent for a couple of months until that person gets back on their feet depends on the program and what resources we have available at the time uh, especially during uh, like I said COVID um, there there were times where we were helping families for multiple months yeah. to make sure that they were back on their feet um, sometimes it's just one time right. you know they they've lost their job they need just a, a one month of assistance to where they right. get another job and they're back back, back on, their, on yeah. their feet and then once you help someone do you stay in touch with them do you, you follow up? And is there a point when you say, okay, we've done our job, time to move on? For, for safety net services specifically, a lot of it is um, a, a touch initiated by the, the community member. Um, but, you know, we do have uh, our home visitation program where we can sometimes be working with a family for, you know, two or three years before they actually graduate and move um, out of the program. And then just run in a couple. So low cost car seats. I would imagine someone that has a, a child and they have a car and you have to have a car seat, right? To transport. Yeah. So you give them a car seat. We would, yes. Yeah. And we would also provide training on how to install that car seat properly so that when that child is riding in that vehicle, it is securely um, fastened to the car and that um, the child is riding safely. Yeah. And then if someone needs food, food assistance, you refer them to the food locker? We do. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, food vouchers. Oh, you do? Um, so, yeah, we've partnered with uh, local grocery stores to be able to uh, provide a voucher. The family would go and they would shop for their family. Uh, we don't assume that we know what the dietary needs are of that family. So that's why a food voucher is so helpful because then the family can shop for what they need. And then if they get sick or whatever, you can sort of guide them through the very complex world of healthcare. That it can be very, yeah. very complex. And right. so, yes, we do have the ability to help them fill out applications to qualify for, um, you know, healthy families or uh, Medi-Cal if they need Medi-Cal. Make sure that, uh, you know, they have an advocate for them if uh, they are going to be um, disconnected from a service like that um, to make sure that they're um, getting the paperwork that they need to in, making sure that they're keeping connected to their caseworker and things like that. And then the last two here, which we'll talk about, low-cost internet. So how does that one work? So uh, we had a partnership with United Way, uh, and they were providing uh, hotspots for families. And okay. so, um, and then there are some other programs that we can connect families to. A lot of the times uh, phone uh, phone companies or internet providers have programs to help support families. And the last one, the cell phone. So you give people free cell phones? Uh, we don't personally do no, that. No, but you but connect we, with yeah, someone. We connect, yeah. yeah, we connect with them so that they can get access to uh, be able to make calls. I mean, that's a very important thing yeah. in today's world. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Being able to you know have a cell phone yeah. so that you can call and make sure you're yeah. getting the services that you um, can access. And then how long does this go on for, though? Like, is there is there a 
a time? Like, would you help someone for a year, for instance? If we needed to and we yeah. had the resources, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of it's guided by the, the, the family or the community member in terms of what their needs are, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, how long they may need that additional support. Another big uh, thing and something that we know a little about because we youth services. So you provide services to youth. I we would do. imagine yeah. that's what that is. And we do, we do a program with the police department where we teach kids filming. So we teach them how to make a film or a PSA or how to work with film equipment. And those are very popular because um, we can see the satisfaction that it has. But also then they get in, then they get interested in the film world and then maybe they want to get a job now. They think, oh, I want to work in the film industry. So some of the youth services that I see that you provide. So talk about some. What what kind of services for youth? Our our most recent kind of focus for our youth is career exploration and uh, job readiness training. Um, so we, we recognize that uh, a lot of the times uh, a, a young uh, person in a family may have to go to work to help support the, the family. And so we want to make sure that uh, they've given some consideration to, you know, what they want to do as a career you know, uh, even opportunities to to work in that field as a as a paid intern, just to get some of that experience to know that that is the the field and the direction that they want to go. So you're like a job placement. We do. We thing. we yeah. work with lots of businesses uh, here in Ranch Cordova and outside of Ranch Cordova. Okay. Um, and uh, we actually have a program that allows us to pay the youth to actually do that internship. And what kind of businesses would you connect them with? What kind of industry or so what what kind of the partnerships that you have yeah. as far as job placement? Uh, we really leave that kind of up to the youth in terms of what interests they have. Okay. So, for example, we had a, a, a young woman that uh, was interested in going into uh, child development and uh, child care. So we were able to partner with a daycare center where she was able to get some experience on what it would be like to be able to work in a, in a child care center. Um, another one, we had uh, a young man uh, that was really interested in, um, you know, what it would be like to, to be a, a, a firefighter. And so really looked at, you know, how to connect that youth with um, the fire department and making sure that they could um, understand the different elements of and positions within wow. the fire department. Wow, that's, yeah, that's, so these are seniors then. Uh, they they could yes they have to be of working age yeah. so they have to be 16 17 18 but we also that program also goes to youth that um, are up to 24 um, sometimes we have uh, uh, our our community members that don't complete high school and they're not going to college and they don't know really know what they want to do and so this program really gives them an opportunity to think about okay if I, so I want to be uh, you know, I want to work in uh, a bank. Like, what that? What is that going to take? What kind of education do you need to have? Uh, you know, wh where do you need to focus in terms of your skills yeah. to be able to do that job? So it's career advice as well. Yeah, yeah we like do. A, we definitely do support yeah. in uh, both that that exploration as well as uh, the development of the job skills. One thing that I know personally because I've been involved in, it, and that's mentoring, especially youth at risk. And you often you offer um, 
mentoring, you, you call it refugee youth mentoring. Mm -hmm. So refugees are like, there's a lot of Ukrainian people here um, that have come since the war with Russia and Ukraine, and even Russians that have fled, they've landed here. Uh, we were filming at the food locker one day. We're doing a documentary about the food locker. And Texas decided that they were going to send um, a whole bunch of people and just dump them in Sacramento. And quite a few of them ended up at the food locker. And, that, and the day that we were filming was actually the day that they ended up there. And I remember thinking, you know, how scared they were, how lost these people were. They were just all huddled in the corner. And we talked to some. And then we went back couple of weeks later and there they all are volunteering completely different attitude because they had been helped so is that the kind of thing that you do with with the refugees so or we're going to call the mexicans or the latin america people that are dumped by other states we'll call those refugees refugee uh, youth mentoring program we are really um, looking for uh, youth who are new to the country so uh, they've been here maybe a year to three years um, and matching them up with a, an adult that, that wants to support and help them acclimate to our country. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're used to, uh, you know, in their homeland, what it was like to grow up there and then being in a, in a new country with all new rules and all new social norms. Uh, it can be sometimes very difficult to acclimate to that. So really connecting them with another caring adult that's really going to help support them, be there for them, and uh, just make sure that uh, they have someone that they can turn to in addition to whoever else is in their life at the time uh, and, and really help to support them. And, it, and you know, for us, the new arrivals, um, you know, they, they're, they're, they want to be here and they want to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, they are accepted. You know, everyone wants to be right. accepted. And so. what countries here in Rancho and Folsom? Well, actually, let me ask, where is your, the biggest thing that you do? Is it Rancho Cordova or Folsom? Rancho Cordova, Rancho because Cordova. our Family Resource Center and our Job it's Center here. are located. And here. we'll talk where that is yeah. in a second. So um, what countries do you see youth from? Uh, mainly uh, Afghanistan. Um, we also are seeing more uh, Ukrainian and Russian youth uh, because of the war the, in um, uh, the Russia-Ukrainian border right, right now. Um, so th those are the primary two uh, um, youth that we're seeing. Right. And uh, the uh, important part of that process for them is, you know, connecting with someone. Right. And how and who is the person you connect them with? Are they volunteers or is it someone like I say, oh, I want to do that. Do I sign up with you and say, hey, I would like to be that that mentor? Like who are the people that you pair them with? Yeah. So the, the volunteers are uh, uh, they are community members uh, and uh, they just are they have a heart for, um, you know, wanting to support youth. And so we, we put them through a training program and we make sure that. They, you know, they, they understand uh, the, the cultural differences um, between uh, the youth uh, as homeland and here uh, and make sure that uh, we can support both the volunteer mentor as well as the youth themselves. Okay. 
And what about the parents of these youth? Do you help them as well? We definitely invite them to, uh, you know, access any of the services right. that we have at our um, organization. And uh, we do have specific uh, services for new arrivals, um, you know, some job uh, uh, job uh, development, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, they are uh, moving from the support that they're getting right now from, say, uh, Medi-Cal or something like that. Um, and, you know, they're excited to be able to, you know, become productive, uh, you know, community members. And right. so uh, this really gives us the opportunity to to help them acclimate to the work world here in the U.S. And, and, and get them the support that they need. And then you've been there a long time. Have you do you have you seen the success stories of that? So you get a youth that comes very, very timid, very shy, maybe doesn't speak English very well, very unsure, very unconfident. And then do you see the end result? Uh, I can think of one specific. We had a, a young lady. Uh, she was very shy, very timid, um, got connected with a, a volunteer mentor, um, stayed in the program for about a year and a half. Uh, once she graduated out of the program, she came back and became a mentor. Yeah. And that's what we really like to see yeah. is an opportunity for them to feel like they have the ability to give back exactly in, in in a way that they receive that support. And that's something we found at the Food Locker, actually. A lot of people who were helped by the Food Locker have come back, and some even work there as staff members, but certainly a lot of volunteers. So that's definitely – I could see how that would be satisfying. Yeah. Um, another, another one, another service that you provide is home visitation services. What does that look like? So that is our Birth and Beyond program. Uh, so I'll give you just a little bit about the Birth and Beyond program yeah. as a whole, and then I'll narrow it down sure. to our site. Um, so uh, the Birth and Beyond program is a nine-site family resource center program. So yeah. there are nine family resource centers in Sacramento County. And the Birth and Beyond home visitation component of that um, has a, a, a trained paraprofessional that goes out um, and and meets with the family, talks with the family, finds out you know where they are feeling like they want some additional support around parenting, and uh, we have a, a couple of evidence based curriculums that we use to really help support parents with areas where they feel like they need some additional support. And you go to their house. We do, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the, the the wonderful things about the home visitation program is we are meeting the family in their home. Oh. It's their environment. It's where they feel most comfortable. So they are uh, at at um, at a place where they're most ready to learn and to and to uh, expand uh, their parenting knowledge. So that tells me that you obviously have a well-trained staff and we're going to get into who is behind all this you know the people that you work with if you go to their homes do you you can also assess if they have other needs then right if you're in there you can see if they have if they have other needs that they need or are you just there and you don't really um, get involved in other needs they may have well in order to make uh, our environment optimal for learning we want to make sure that we're uh, the family is not under stress. So there are times where a, a stressful situation will pop up in a family. So that home visitor is already there, a trusted person, and we can provide additional supportive services. So whether that's um, 
uh, and uh, just a, an example of, uh, you know, uh, one of the family members loses their job while we're in there providing parent education services. Uh, we can immediately connect them to our job center and get them additional supports to find another job to be able to continue to provide for their family. Another thing that I read, which I was very impressed with, financial empowerment services. Um, well, you have another one as well where you teach kids how to save money and become, you know, have a responsibility with, with money. But mm -hmm. financial empowerment services, um, what is that? Are you, are you helping people manage the budget, their money? Is that what that is? So there was there is a desperate need in our community for learning how to manage money to work for you rather than you work for your money. Right. And so uh, the financial empowerment program, it's nine uh, nine workshops that deal with all the different elements of managing your money. Could be you know how to manage your credit, how to balance your checkbook, how to save for a big goal. Um, and uh, we have that um, translated into four different languages. So, uh, you know, it, it is really about wow. helping individuals to self-sufficiency. We, You know, you can make as much money as you can, but if you don't manage your money well, you're not going to get to a place where you um, are going to be self-sufficient. And is this this workshops? Is it do they come into your facility, and is it like a sit down workshop, or is it a computer slash literature type of workshop? So we have both. We do have in person workshops, and we also have virtual workshops. Okay. Um, and the the result of COVID is we recognize that uh, you know having this hybrid model really does allow us to reach the maximum amount of people that we can for that. And then with the youth financial thing. So I read that um, th there's studies that show if someone, if, a, if a, a young person has up to $500 saved, they're more likely to succeed. Did I read that right? So, yes. Uh, and, and it is specifically around uh, going to college. Yeah. So uh, we um, had a grant from the city of Ranch Cordova that allowed us to provide some financial empowerment education to students um, at Abraham uh, um, Elementary School, uh, Abraham Lincoln Elementary School. And uh, so you start that young with the kids? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, wow. And and that's that's one of the best times to really start with them. And they're receptive. Uh, they they loved it. They, they did? were so interested in it because, you know, when a kid that young, they have big dreams. Right. And so helping them understand that. But you find that they understand money? They understand what you're talking about? They do. Yeah. They do? They do. Actually, wow. uh, it, it, is, it is quite surprising, uh, you know, as they were going through that curriculum, you know, how many just like just really was excited to, to learn more about it. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they're thinking about, okay, if, you know, I want to do this in my life. You know, this is what it's going to take to get there. And so um, going through those modular, modulars, they had a chance to uh, earn money that would be deposited into a savings account that they could use for college. And the research that shows is if a child has a college savings account and they know it, they it significantly increases their um percentage of going to college. Yeah. And so we really wanted to to maximize on that 
um, and really um, support those youth um, to, to, to know that, oh, if I have a little bit of money saved, it's possible for me to now go to college. Wow. Um, employment services. So you have a job center. Job centers, you know, in England, job centers are a thing. They're, they actually say job center and it's a store. You go into a store and the people there are going to help you find a job. I've never really seen that here. And I've never heard the title job center the way it is here. So what does your job center look like? So uh, we are part of America's Job Center Network. Uh, so these are job centers that are actually all over the United States. Um, and we host the one here in Ranch Cordova. And uh, it's, a, it's a building and people can come in. Uh, they can search for jobs. They can get help with writing, creating, or even editing their resumes. Um, we offer different soft skill training. Um, we can uh, provide scholarships for... Uh, community members to get specific skill-based training to enter a career field. Um, and then we have uh, specific employment programs that I'm sure we'll talk about. And um, the job center that I referenced in England, when you go in, it's, it's literally like a store. You know, you have catering jobs and all the jobs are listed, whatever jobs. Is it is it like that or are you more helping them? Are you helping them more to make themselves able to get a job, resume skills, et cetera, interviewing skills, or do you have jobs that people could apply for? So we have both. Um, uh, you know, our main focus is getting them job ready or, you know, ready to interview for a job. Uh, but we also have uh, partnerships with businesses um, in the area. Um, so they'll inform us of positions that okay, they have open meant, yeah. and we can, we can refer yeah. Uh, individuals that are interested in that area um, or that type of job to go seek a, a, a interview. And then we also have uh, a what we call a universal access room for a computer. Um, and so they register in Cal Jobs and then they can go into Cal Jobs and search for jobs. Um, and, uh, you know, technology can be a barrier. So we want to eliminate that barrier by providing access to the internet and computers. And is that a heavily um, resourced program that you offer, the job one? It is, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're open uh, four days a week, um, you know, and we want to make sure that, um, you know, anyone that needs assistance finding a job, they can come to our job center and we can get them in, involved in a program or make sure that they have uh, the supports, the referrals that they need to get to where they want to go. And we, we have, I don't know how many more. I, I have to say, Robert, I'm very impressed with all these programs. I don't know how you do it, but hopefully you're going to tell me in a minute. Um, and we're going to still talk about some more. But what is the most, um, the most not popular, I'm not going to say popular, the most in demand program that you do? Our safety net services. Yeah. Yeah. Those basic needs, if if a family can't get their basic needs met, it, it's hard for them to be able to do anything else. So, uh, you know, that that is probably our most in demand in terms of services. And unfortunately, it's probably our least funded. Under. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, I, I mean, we may and if we have, we'll edit it. But tell me what safety net is again. So, like, I'm a family. You just said um, if you don't have your safety net needs met, what are safety nets? So it's food, clothing, shelter, security. Oh, okay. Yeah. Security as in personal security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Um, effective parenting services. So you help people be parents. <laughs> yeah. So who is who is that person? Is it like a young mother who finds like a single mother that finds herself all of a sudden pregnant now has a kid? Is it a family like a young couple or is it just anybody? Like who who are you helping in the effective parenting services? Uh, so we we have families from all different kinds of situations when they come in to to seek out parent education. Um, it could be that example that you gave of that new mom doesn't know what's going on and doesn't have any supports and needs some additional assistance. Um, we've had uh, a mom participating in our home visitation program um, and coming into our center for parent education services uh, This uh, that had just given birth to their 11th child. Oof. So, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the family size doesn't matter. Um, you know, we're, we're here to support a community member um, with, uh, you know, whatever they're wanting to know, um, uh, you know, regarding parenting. Right. Uh, some some of our parents come from, uh, you know, violent backgrounds as parent, or as children. Right. Um, and so, again, they never had a really good role model. And so they, they don't know where to start. They don't know how to change that for their children um, and their the one thing that we just that that we really get excited about is parents when they, they they're ready to 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 really learn and, and engage, um, and uh, they they just get so excited to learn something new um, and make sure that you know their their children are being cared for and that you know the children know that they're loved and um, you know the. Uh, developmental milestones that they can recognize those and really support their children, uh, you know, through and into their education. And then you you say you have a curriculum, so it's almost like a school. The the parenting so nurturing parenting program is one of them. Mm -hmm. Make parenting a pleasure is another one, and dare to be you is another one. Can you speak to like? Can you speak to the dare to be you one? Because that's the one that interests me the most. Sure. Yeah. Um. That, and that is probably our most unique, yeah. um, and narrow of our yeah. curriculums. Uh. In in the dare to be you program, uh, it is a parent and child who are matched up. So there could be three kids in the family, but the we we do really ask the parent to identify one of the children that they want. Okay. To so really. So I come to you, and I've got three kids. Mm -hmm. One is ten. One is 14 and one is 18. Okay. And I come and I'm going to pick which one I want to do this program with. Right. What is the purpose of that? Um, because it really is about creating um, bonding opportunities between that parent and that child. Um, and it can be replicated outside of the program with the other children. But we really want the parent to be focusing on that one child because each child has their own personality. So we really want the parent to learn how to interact with that child's personality, really understand that child, and and make a an intentional connection with that child. Wow! And so they would come with that with that child mm -hmm. to take the course. They 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 would. Um. Uh. We we have when there are smaller kids in the family as well. We do have something called play care where we. Keep an eye on the other kids while, while that's, th going, that's on. going on. Okay. Um, and uh, there is activities for both the parent and the child in that curriculum. Wow. 
and again, how 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 do they come to you? Is that another referral thing, or is it just word of mouth? How does that one happen? Because that one seems to be very specialized. It, it can be, and a lot of the times, what'll end up happening is a parent may be going through make parenting a pleasure first, yeah, and then they'll move to dare to be you next. So, do you find the parents volunteer for these things? Like they say, oh, you know, I'm going to do it. Yeah, all of our services are voluntary. So uh, we do have some parents that are required by Child Protective Services to get parent education. Um, so we will absolutely provide, um, you know, that that opportunity for them. And we also get parents that are just wanting to learn more about being a parent. So do you work closely with those organized, like CPS, Child Protective Services? Um, do you work with the police department? Are you close with these agencies? Do you work closely with them? Uh, Within our Birth and Beyond program, we actually do work very closely with Child Protective Services, uh, the Department of Human Assistance, DHA, um, and uh, making sure even, even hospitals too, oh, yeah. because you know, you know that that is the perfect environment to um, connect with a parent right and when that baby is being born, or even prenatally, um, and and preparing them for what they can expect. Can um. Let's say someone is unhoused. Can they come to you? Someone who's living on the streets? We welcome anyone through our doors. So how would you help someone that's unhoused? Is it like is it going to be a question of you helping them find housing or is it what 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 does what do you do for someone who comes in? Hey, I'm homeless. I'm living on the streets and I need help. Uh, it, we really allow the community member to to guide their service delivery. So if that unhoused person comes in and says, I really need to find a place to live, um, we're going to connect them with uh, a housing resource that comes to our family resource center. If they say, I need food right now, um, if we have the ability to provide it, we're going to provide it. Um, if they're saying, I need clean clothes, um, you know, we're going to find a way to get a resource to that wow. person. Okay. So it's immediate. It can be. Yeah. The food is easy, right? I would imagine, you know, Carrie Johnson at the mm -hmm. food locker. I and, do. You know, yeah. So that one I would imagine is a little easier. Clothes, do you have like a stockpile of clothes that you can give? Like come in, hey, come in and choose? Or do you figure out a different way of doing that? We, um, we have recently transitioned our clothing closet out. Because it was just it had it was taking up a lot of room, right. but uh, yes, we have provided clothes immediately, um, and then we even have a professional clothing locker as well. So uh, at our job center, if someone needs some professional clothes for an interview, oh, we can outfit them right there. Wow, this like who knew that you were here? <laughs> <laughs> um, are some months? Well, let me ask you, does the economic climate, you know, the economy goes up and down, right? Some people say we're in a recession. No, we're not. Yes, we are. We're going to get there. Does the current economic climate impact the volume of people or do you find it's just a, a stable thing all through the year? I will say that it is a stable thing all through a year. Yeah. Uh, and when the economy turns bad, we do have more people that do walk through our doors. You do. Yeah. And I hate, I always hate bringing up the pandemic because it was, you know, I don't know how many years, 2020, right? So we're three plus years ago. But 
for an organization like yours, the pandemic must have been challenging because now you can't meet with people, right? So how let's let's rehash the pandemic. How how did that affect you and what were the challenges that you faced? As a nonprofit, we faced enormous challenges when the pandemic first hit. Right. Um, you know, we, we got orders that, uh, you know, we're to close our doors and everyone is to, you know, be safe at home. And so as a nonprofit and and to think about the type of work we do as human services, it was all in person. We want to build trusting relationships. We want to see people. And so not being able to do that, we had to scramble to get the equipment that we needed to allow our staff to be able to work from home because our doors, even though they're closed, doesn't mean that you know people still didn't need our help. Were you classified as essential workers though, like a nurse, for instance, or a clinic? Were you we, classified we that way? We eventually got that classification, yeah. but it took a little while. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So and even though we could still open our doors, there were a lot of community members that were still a little shy about meeting in person. Right. And so what that allowed us to do is, you know, convert our services to virtual. And then um, coming out of the pandemic, we realized that uh, keeping both in-person and virtual services allowed us to be able to reach more people and to be able to accommodate for individuals that say worked, you know, during the day and they couldn't come in and right. into our family resource center. This allowed them to be able to still access services. Because now you have people that need help just on a day-to-day thing, but now all of a sudden the help stops. And not only do they does it stop, now you have the challenge of the whole pandemic issue, the mm-hmm. COVID thing. So one of the um, one of the things that we tracked was the impact that the uh, pandemic had on our requests for those safety net, those concrete, those basic need services, and we saw over a thousand percent increase in the need for those services during the pandemic. If everything that we've talked about wasn't enough, there's still more community events. I see that you have monthly, quarterly and certain months of the year. You have a cafe? We do. It's called the Connections Cafe. Um, it's actually funded by SMUD. And it is? yeah, they, they provide the funding to be able to provide the lunch at that Connections Cafe. And it is designed for uh, nonprofits and human service providers to meet once a month to have presentations about different resources and services in our community and to work more closely together. So it's all designed to um, eliminate duplication and bring our community service providers closer so together. Cafe meaning that you go in and you have a lunch and during the lunch as a presentation, is that? That's yeah. correct. It's not a coffee shop. Where you it go is in. not. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And SMUD provides the food? Yeah, they provide the funding that, that will um, feed our uh, guests at our Connections Cafe. <clears throat> so on a monthly meeting, how many people would show up to that? Uh, it can range from anywhere to uh, 20. We've had as many as 40. Wow. Yeah, at, at the meeting. Um, and, you know, obviously the pandemic put a pause on it, so we went virtual with it. And this is every month? Every month, yeah. And how um, – so how do people know – I guess on your website maybe, but how do people know who's speaking next month? We have an email distribution list okay. that we send out and – we uh, we inform uh, you know individuals that have been at our connections cafe who's going to be up next, um, and then uh, we 
you know, put the word out and always, we're always inviting service uh, providers um, that we make contacts with to okay. the Connections Cafe. So give me three examples of presentations, organizations that have done a presentation. So we had one on, um, uh, well, I, I, I will promote SMUD because they are yeah. the ones that fund us. So sure. they'll come in and they'll talk about programs that are available to families in need right. uh, with uh, electricity with assistance. Yeah. Um, we have had – That's probably what attended, yeah, I would K think. Carrie Johnson. Yeah. Uh, she comes the, in, yeah. She has not been in yet, um, but the food locker yeah. has been in to talk about their services. Okay. Um, we've had – uh, Department of Human Assistance come in and talk about eligibility and and how to make sure that uh, a community member fills wow. out everything correctly and and who to contact if they need additional support. So that like is that. really good. That's mm -hmm. a great service. Yeah. Um, this one sounds like fun. A community baby shower. This is one of my favorite events. Yeah. And that's a quarterly. That's a quarterly yeah. event. Um, so anyone who is um, in their last trimester or recently given birth um, is invited. And it's not just them, that person and the baby. It's their entire family wow. to come and celebrate that new life. And they do it together as a community. Um, and so quarterly, is it one, like can five mothers and families come in or is it just one, you just choose one family? To oh, no, it's it's any community member that is in oh. their last trimester okay. or recently given birth is so welcome that, to come. They just, they we, we ask them to register ahead of time yeah, yeah. so that we can provide the right amount of wow. food. So you could have six, seven mothers plus. Oh, we've had as many as 15. Wow. And the, and and the, the company in. So it's like giving someone a baby shower that may not typically have one. Uh, well, and I would I will share a story with our community baby showers. Um, so we had a, a mom. Uh, this was her seventh child, and she was in tears at the event because this is the first time that she had had a baby shower where someone was celebrating the 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 new addition to their family. Uh, six times a year. Um, so every two months, I guess, family fun nights. Yes, we we haven't had a chance to resurrect them since the pandemic. Okay, um, but yeah, we, we we actually partnered with the Folsom Cordova Unified School District, and uh, would host family fun nights where families were just invited to show up, and we had fun activities. It was usually themed, so we had like a Dr. Seuss night, you know, an ocean night, um, and uh, all of the activities were designed around the um, the theme, and then uh, literacy was the primary focus there. So we really wanted to encourage parents and uh, to read to their children and children to read to their parents. And then this one, I would imagine, is a combination of Halloween and maybe Thanksgiving. I'm not sure, but the Harvest Festival. The Harvest Festival. Is that would that be right? Halloween uh, and it, or just Halloween? Pretty much Halloween. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we we have uh, that at our family resource center, and we invite uh, families to come and bring their young ones and have them dress up if they would like, um, and just have a safe place where they can go, kind of trick or treating. Uh, we have a, a bunch of different activities. We in, invite different uh, vendors to come out to talk to the parents about the different services that are available to them. Uh, so, for example, um, Sharon Stone over at uh, the uh, Children's Sacramento Museum. Children's yeah. 
museum. Not uh, the actress. No, no, yeah, not yeah. the actress. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I know Sharon. Yeah. yeah. She comes out and uh, uh, she has her van there and, you know, she's, you know, brought an activity out for the kids and really sharing with the parents about the museum and a lot of times giving out some free passes during that so that the children can come uh, see the museum. And then this one sounds very heartwarming, this one, and sponsor a family for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we are always um, in a place where, you know, families struggle with uh, being able to provide gifts during Christmas. And so uh, what we have been able to do is, um, you know, identify where uh, those, those families might need some additional support. And when we have community members that are interested in sponsoring a family, um, we make that connection. So we find out, you know, some information about the parents, the children, what their interests are, and then we can pass that along to the family that wants to uh, sponsor. And then they go out and shop and they wrap and they, and then we make sure that that, that family gets those wow. gifts. Okay. So I'm a sponsor. I'm going to take on a family, maybe mother, father, two kids. I'm going to buy them gifts, give them a Christmas. Is that how it works? Yeah. So, so support another family during yeah. that Christmas holiday. And how many sponsors do you have? Is that a, is that? It, yeah, it varies from year to year. Um, so, uh, I mean, it, it because uh, that isn't cheap, right? That's a commitment. Well, it, yeah, commitment. It, it is a commitment. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, one of, uh, one of our, uh, faithful families that, that do this every year, um, uh, you know, they actually have uh, their entire extended family. So there's grandma and she coordinates it. And then, you know, each of the family, uh, you know, children get a get a child and they they get to shop for that child. Right. So they make this whole family right. experience within wow. their family. Uh, in just, and that um, must have provide bonds. Like, I mean, I would imagine they stay friendly after that. Mm -hmm. The sponsor family and the family. They can, yeah. yeah. So... With all these services, let's talk about the organization now. So, where let's let's talk where you are. To, to speak on your facility, what sure. does that look like? So we have our family resource center, and that's located uh, here in Ranch Cordova at the corner of Coloma and McGregor. And then we have our job center, which is located on the Folsom Cordova Unified School District Adult School Campus off of Gadsden Way. So they're about a mile apart from one another. So they're easy to get from one to the other. Um, and, uh, you know, the reason why we selected Ranch Cordova is because it really puts us in the heart of the East Sacramento County area, which is kind of our footprint and where we focus most of our uh, services for. But do you have, is it the, the bill, is it you have, you obviously have a big space where people can congregate, right? We do. Uh, it's uh, uh, the Family Resource Center is located um, in, it's a strip mall, and it used to be an old grocery store. Um, and it, uh, it was uh, created um, and um, kind of reimagined as a community center. And that lasted for a few years. And then um, we have now taken over that space. Wow. So there's, we have two parent education rooms, we have a play care room, and then we have uh, a couple of partner, smaller partner rooms. And then we have uh, space for our staff to be able to, to work. To, to work. And then uh, at our job center, it's located on the uh, adult school campus. And that is a perfect 
partnership between us and the school district. So these services are provided by people who care. Uh, you, you can see that this is people who care about what they do. So talk about your staff. Who are they? I couldn't ask for a better staff. Um, they are dedicated community members. Um, you know, they're passionate about um, the work that they're doing in the, in, the, in the program that they're doing it in. Um, and uh, they, they just, working in nonprofits, you're not going to get rich. Right. So, uh, you know, they, they come knowing that, um, you know, what they're doing is really making a difference. So they're as passionate about, um, you know, the work that we do at our organization as I am. And, and what's their background? Are they social work background? I mean, what's the background? Because I, you've got to know what you're doing. Like the services that you provide – you have to sort of be skilled in those. So we have a combination. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have, uh, you know, some of our staff um, who have, uh, you know, graduated college with a degree, and now they, you know, they're they're working in that field of choice. Um, but we also want to give um, uh, our community a chance to be able to give back and to really engage. So one of the most successful transitions that we see in our organization is an example of, a, say, a parent that's going through the Birth and Beyond program. You know, they, they go through, uh, they've been in the program for a couple of years, and they really want to make a difference for other families the way that this program has made a difference in their life. And so they will come and they will become a home visitor. And, and those are some of our most successful um, staff because they've experienced it. They have real life experience in whatever struggle, you know, they're engaging with a community member in. And so th th they can be really successful in both engagement and building trust with our community. With all these programs that you have, um, do you have like I don't see like um, abuse, substance abuse help. Can you help someone that's suffering from something like alcohol, drugs? If someone comes to you and say, well, I need help in that way. Do you refer them to the appropriate people or do you have that the means to help them? So we don't have a specific service that we provide for, uh, you know, a substance recovery. Right. But. Uh, we definitely have partnerships yeah. and we will definitely refer. You can refer. We have a no wrong door policy at our organization. You come and you walk through our doors and we're going to see how we can, you know, find you the resource that you're right. searching for. Talking to you and seeing your demeanor and your, your uh, personality, I can see how it'd be very warm when I, I, I can see it walking into your your complex there if everybody is like you i can see that you step in the door and immediately you're comforted i would i that's the impression i get i hope i hope that's the what what actually happens we definitely work hard to create a warm inviting environment where someone can come and get services feel respected feel seen and uh you know uh not uh, turned away so on a personal thing, you're very passionate. I can see that you absolutely believe what you do. Where does that come from? Just a, a, a deep like faith that, um, you know, I have an opportunity to leave an imprint in this world while I'm here, and I will find any and every way to be able to make that happen, and I have been blessed 
to be able to do that at the Folsom Cordova Community Partnership. But where did that come from? Did it come in your early years? Did it come later in life? Where does that come from? Because that that's something that comes to people. I um I I'm I don't know. No. Uh, you know, I I, I you know kind of look back at my childhood, and you know, I had a what I would consider a very average childhood. Uh, you know, uh, you know my my parents. Uh, you know, sacrifice to make sure that, you know, we had what we needed. We didn't have a lot of extra. Um, and I just um, have always felt uh, that I have an opportunity to make a, a, a difference and an impact. Yeah. No, non, no, no nonprofit, and there's another tongue twister, <laughs> survives without volunteers. And I see from your, from your website that you're no exception there. So let's talk about volunteering. Do you have volunteers, right? We do. Um, our 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 um, our biggest like need in, in terms of volunteers uh, come a lot of times in our youth programs. Um, so we you know we always need uh, mentors. Uh, we need individuals who may be interested in uh, you know helping. Uh, the community learn about uh, what is important in the business like environment, uh, doing some you know job skill training. Uh, we also are always looking for professional partners. So basically finding professionals um, and being able to match uh, someone interested in going into that field with them so they can talk about it and, and even give them some encouragement. And some advice. Someone listening to this and thinks, you know what? I think I would like to volunteer. What what can they do? Uh, the first thing is is uh, I would say go to our website. Uh, uh, they they can immediately send us a uh, a link or a, a request yeah. to reach out. Yeah. Um, they can call us, and uh, you know we'd be happy to talk about the volunteer opportunities that we have. Um, you know, the, in addition to what I shared about the job center, you know, we have volunteer opportunities at our family resource center. If you like to uh, cuddle on and 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 take care of babies, our play care is always in need of volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, I just have a couple more questions. Um, so. If you have a list of items or, or you have a list of your needs for anybody listening who may want to help, right? Someone's there. What are, what are some of the needs that you have? So beyond just donations of unrestricted funding so that we can respond to our community and what needs are coming up right. at any given time. So money is cash is always speaks. Cash right? is That's, king, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but beyond that, um, you know, we, we always have need for – um, snacks and waters okay. for our youth programs, um, even our uh, our play care and our um, parent education classes. Snacks and water always are, you know, it's always in need for us. Um, any kind of gift cards that we can give to the community when they come in and they need, um, and and you know, we want we want to make sure we can respond to them. And again, people just call you and and. Give it to you. Yeah, we actually uh, we have a couple of different um, partners. 
um, every year during like Mother's Day, they'll do a, a diaper and wipes drive and then they'll come and donate, a, you know, a carload or two carloads full of diapers and wipes. Um, uh, we are a registered diaper bank here in Sacramento. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, outside of not knowing uh, where a family is going to get their next meal, uh, diapers and yeah. not having enough uh, right. diapers and wipes for their children. Right. Second most stressful thing yeah. in a family. And I've seen that clearly at the food bank because yeah. they actually give, they don't have enough, but when they give them, they're boom, they're gone immediately. It goes fast. Yeah. So one last thing here, um, Youth Rise. It's a summer day camp. Is that still going on? Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, we do that every it summer. June and July, yeah, right? We do it every so summer. So let's talk about that. What okay. is what is your youth? Where does it happen, and what is it? So a, a youth rise it happens at our family resource center, um, and uh, really what it is is an opportunity um, to um, support you through social um, emotional um, learning. So teaching them, uh, you know, how to uh, handle stress. Uh, teaching them. And uh, different ways uh, in which to handle situations, um, teaching them healthy eating, teaching them, you know, uh, stress management through yoga. Um, so we we have a, a our Youth Rise program really designed um, to help youth into healthy adulting. And where does that happen at your place? At our family resource yeah. center. So yeah. what hours are that? Is that? Oh. Um, uh, it it ha it it will vary. I don't know yeah. what the programming will no, look no. like for this. But upcoming is it like summer. a couple of hours a day? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's a couple hours a day. Um, and uh, yeah, youth really get excited and involved, and yeah. uh, it's another way for youth to not just learn while they're there, but to engage in and interact with their peers as well. Okay. What been in this kind of work that you're in what personally drives you my faith your faith my faith in god yeah because i know that he's put me here for a purpose and i and i believe i hope that i am living that out right now now i've read in your bio that you're very involved in your church right you I and am. your wife with mm -hmm. with um the question i asked you the the where does this come from because i can tell you're very very passionate you're a very real person i can see it thank you is that where it comes from your faith i believe so yeah 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 okay well, we've been talking to Robert Sanger, Executive Director at the Folsom Cordova Community Partnership. Robert, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for sharing all the services that FCCP provides. And um, now we'll get into our little quick fire round of questions. Okay. Which I, I, I think wanna... which I think you're gonna be fine with. <laughs> so what is one word others would use to describe you? Passionate. And what is one word that you would use to describe yourself? Caring. If you could be a person for a day besides yourself, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. Um, that is a great question. Um, the president of the United States. Really? Yeah. Oh. For one day? It. Sure. Well, I guess for a day. That would be fun, right? Being surrounded <laughs> by the Secret Service. Just to car. see what it's yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to live, live no, with the constant I, I stress of it over time. Being but... that job. What is your biggest pet peeve? This is, this is quite funny, too, and my wife and I talk about it all the time. Uh, 
people who drive in the carpool lane with only one person yeah. in the car. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Southern California. The carpool lanes are very important, not like here. Yeah. People say here there's traffic. I'm thinking there's no traffic yeah. here. Go to LA, that's traffic. Um, what is something about you that few people would know? Ooh, that I... Um, that I was a diver in high school. Like a, a diver? Yeah, like you were? swimming, di- yeah, diving. Like a high board? Yeah, I did that. Like I, the, the tall ones? Yeah, I, in my and junior. And you spin? And yeah, did, yeah did, you I did? did all that. Wow. And uh, I made it to the state championships my junior year. Wow. So. And a couple more. Do you have any hidden talents? Well, I guess diving, right? Could you still do that? A little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> do you have any hidden talents? Um... know if they're hidden or not but you know uh i i feel like i can read situations pretty well so i don't know if that's a hidden talent but it definitely has helped me in my life and if i got into robert's car and i turned on the radio what am i going to hear christian music yeah or uh whatever book i'm listening to at the time book on tape yeah and finally what is the biggest lesson you learned from your mother to care about people and in the same vein, the biggest lesson you learned from your father. Hard work. Hard My dad work. was a very hard worker. Yeah. We've been speaking with Executive Director of the Folsom Cordova Community Partnership, Robert Sanger. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate the time. And yeah. I uh, definitely have enjoyed sharing about myself as well yeah. as the organization I work and for. And I have really enjoyed researching because I, I mean, I knew you existed. We met a few months ago. But when I studied what you do, I'm very, very impressed with what you do. It's a, it's a great thing that you do. And so thank you for that. And thank you to everybody who works for you for what you do for this city, Rancho Cordova, and just generally the region, I guess. So there you have it, folks. Thank you for listening to this week's Rancho Cordova podcast. Please visit our website, which is ranchocordovapodcast.org. You can listen to past shows. You can send us comments or show show suggestions that you may have. My name is Charles Lego, and until next time. The Rancho Cordova podcast is produced by Jose Ruiz, engineered by Rafael Portillo, with music by Anthony Espina.